Hey folks, coming to you today from Paris, France, after spending a wonderful week uh, in Brussels and a day in Luxembourg, meeting with, I guess, maybe every single EU official under the sun, um, or at least every single one involved in in fighting Russia and stopping Russia's genocidal invasion. It was a <clears throat> just a wonderful, wonderful set of meetings. I, I mean, I... I guess I wanted to talk a little bit today about the future of Europe. Um, and of course, you know, Europe's many governments and uh, many different power centers. But in the case of the EU, I, I'd say that the EU that I visited and the, the, the conversations I had is the starkest possible difference from the EU of just a few years ago, um, both on Russia and China. Um, I mean, it's it's one of the most welcome things I've experienced. There was a time when I would walk in and talk with EU officials and say sort of Russia's a threat, China's a threat, imminent threat to democracy, dictators are threats. And you'd get this kind of blank stare followed by a wait, no, China's a partner. And, you know, we get... We get gas from Russia. Now, I, I don't I don't think there was ever really, so maybe more on China, but on Russia, I think there were EU officials that had chi had Russia's number for quite a long time, um, but were kind of suppressed and were told they can't speak about it because of sort of the, the power of Germany um, and German policy, and you didn't want to create this rift with the Germans. And of course... You know, those who know the EU know decision-making at the EU level is not like at the U.S. federal level. It's very difficult. You have to, for, for any foreign policy decision, you need all 27 member states. So uh, this kind of thing is, is not easy to do. Uh, so you really do worry about being able to get the Germans on board, get the French on board, get the whoever on board, and, 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 and so on and so forth. Nonetheless, uh, now you walk in and there's an immediate understanding, you know, that we immediately talk about Russia, we immediately talk about China, we immediately talk about helping Ukraine and what more we can do and where we are in the process and what the next sanctions package will look like and everything else. Um, I, I mean, there's there's a palpable feeling uh, among EU officials of, you know, both, uh, 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 okay, yeah, there's a danger, there's a problem, but also one of excitement of finally uh, the EU seems to be recognizing what I've thought so long, that is to say these EU officials just, you know, finally these EU officials feel they can um, speak their minds and they can they can follow uh, and, and counter the threats they've seen to the union. So um, it, it's almost like there's this huge pressure release um, where finally the those that have been clamping down on what needed to be done... Uh, <clears throat> have, you know, relinquished that, 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 that pressure. And it's just a, uh, it's just a wonderful thing to see. Um, and it's a wonderful thing to hear. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it was welcoming. It felt like the U.S. and the EU were on the same page. Uh, you know, the, I, I was, I was told many times of the almost historic cohesion, maybe, maybe a greater cohesion than, than ever. Um, 
And then, of course, we talked very practically about what the next steps are, what the next sanctions are, uh, what the next, how, how we're going to go about confiscating Russian assets, both the oligarch assets and the, in the private, sort of the private sphere, and then the state sovereign assets, the Russian sovereign assets uh, in the central banks, um, which everybody's looking at. And of course, you know, also, you know, the, the assistance toward Ukraine on helping to keep the power on, keep the lights on, um, which, you know, it's just, just a terrible, terrible thing because of Russian terrorism. We see these Ukrainians living without electricity, without water, without heating. I mean, it's, and yet absolutely un, unwilling to surrender, to give up, to give an inch. We'll continue to, we'll continue to fight. Um, but nonetheless, they shouldn't have to live like that. It's, it's absolutely embarrassing that, that we haven't given sort of this next stage of weapons. And, and we talked about that too. Of course, the EU has a, a little bit less to do with that. That's really more, uh, in, in a lot of senses, at this point, a German problem. Um, the, the lack of transfer of Leopards, um, tanks, lack of transfer of martyr, armored personnel vehicles. And then, of course, you know, the, the, the lack of transfer, and this comes back to, to, to us in the United States, the lack of transfer of Attackums, uh long-range missiles, um, and, you know, more air defense. So that could be Iris K, German, or NASAMS. Um, but, but in any case, uh, or, or have, or have 16s, you know, to, to shoot down these missiles. But, but, um, you, you know, there's, there is some coordination going on at the EU level. There's some backfilling on, on weapons sent. Of course, they can't overrule German export restrictions, um, but they do have a role in this and they can certainly put, you know, do, behind the scenes, put a, put a little pressure on and, and, and certainly deliver some messages. So uh, overall, I mean, I am, I am thrilled. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's like nothing I've seen before. And, and, and the, and the clear eyedness also on China uh, was, was unexpected. Uh, the, the EU is now developing, a variety of mechanisms to counter Chinese coercion, uh, their perspective on China as this strategic rival, um, you know, very nearly matches where the United States is on this. Um, so it's just, we're on the same page for the first time in a long time. It's, it's amazing to get here after, um, some really tumultuous years uh, under the previous administration and, and kind of a feeling of, and, and of course it didn't come from one side. There was also this, you know, French notion of strategic autonomy that sought to crowd out NATO and, 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 and crowd out the United States. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the constant talk from Germany of the Zonderweg, the special way or the Mittelager, the, the middle camp that Germany would play or Europe would play as a, uh, a balancing force between the United States and China, and all of that is gone. Um, so it, it it does seem like we've built the bonds we needed to build. Uh, we're 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 at a place, and of course that doesn't mean there aren't frictions or aren't differences. There are, but we're at a place where we recognize that that modern dictatorship, represented primarily by Russia and China, pose the greatest threats to our 
to our unions, to our two unions and, and, and to the transatlantic relationship and to, into the democratic world. Um, so, I mean, the, the, the reason we, of course, <laughs> the reason we recognize this now, um, the, the reason the EU recognizes this is because Russia has engaged um, in, this, in this genocidal invasion of Ukraine. It, it should never have come to that, obviously. Um, I mean, you know, in, in one sense, if we didn't recognize it now, we'd be in a lot of trouble. But as I've said before, I don't think we would have if not for the Ukrainians fighting. I think we would have, um, you know, if, 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 the, if the conquest of Ukraine, if, if Russia's conquest of Ukraine had succeeded, we would have given Russia a slap on the wrist like we have in the past. Everything Putin's done so far is, is rational in his view because the West has never punished him before until, until basically now. So, I mean, we need to keep this up. You know, it's going to be a hard slog through, through, through winter. First and foremost, for the Ukrainians, who we, who we need to help, we need to ensure that you close the sky and, and, and stop these missiles and also get them the, the generators and, and, and uh, power equipment they need so that they're not living in the dark and living without, without running water. Um, but overall... You know, it's, I guess, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a trope and it's, it's kind of sad to say, but better late than never. I mean, here we are. I think there's a, there's a common recognition that the last 30 years has failed, that the, that the notion that we could integrate Russia and China and they would become democracies has failed, that in fact their, what I've, what I've said for years, that their wealth came West, corrupting us, turning us more into systems like theirs and, 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 and getting us to adopt their viewpoints uh, and their um, values, their values of surveillance and oppression and genocide and so on and so forth. Um, you know, all of that is recognized now. Um, so the transformation isn't as fast as it needs to be. It didn't happen as fast as it needed to happen. Um, in, in many respects, uh, the, the, the courage of Ukrainians is what was the final push, the final... Um, the final jolt we needed and, and maybe the, you know, historically, had we not had that, it, it may really have been the end of the, of the liberal world order and, per, and perhaps democracy and, and, and human freedom after, after hundreds of years would have given way to digital authoritarianism. Uh, but it didn't happen. And now we're back. Uh, we also, of course, discussed the, the accession of Ukraine to the EU, um, and, you know, the willingness is there. There's also always this caution, oh, it's going to take some years. Um, and I think overall that's, that's likely correct, which is a shame. Um, of course, the, the, the United States, the, the role the U.S. will play in this is not one of, um, you know, evaluating or anything. That, you know, we're, we don't have a role in that. But, but we'll, we'll, of course, work to um, help Ukraine meet the requirements um, set out by the EU and we'll work to ensure the EU um, and, and, and various member states stick to their commitments um, uh, that, that they've made to Ukraine. Um, and I think in, at the end of the day, we will have Ukraine, uh, a prosperous, you know, uh, democratic, independent Ukraine in the EU, in NATO, uh, leading the world forward and leading that whole region forward. Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a really exciting time. It really does seem like a lot of what we fought for for years really is, is, is finally, finally coming to fruition. The recognition of, of, of Russia as an empire, a genocidal empire, the recognition of 
of China as the 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 major long-term threat to democratic values it's it's all there it's all there and it's and it's it's very exciting